Well, hey everybody, welcome back to The Breakdown. My name is John Humiston, I'm your host. And if you're watching on video, uh, we got a guest, uh, guest speaker, guest podcast recorder, uh, Pastor Nick, AKA Boss Man, the guy, uh, is not here, he's on vacation. And so join me in the studio this week is former lead pastor, Cliff Simmons. What's up, buddy? Hey. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for being here. I know um, I was told this uh, this may uh, have made you slightly nervous. Oh, yeah. Like like this normally would be like Out your, Outside your element. Totally outside my element. And it was funny because when Nick asked me about doing it, like I said, well, is Jerron doing it? And he said, uh, yeah. I said, game. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I can just, uh, yeah, that, it's good. <laughs> Most so of the time. When, I'm putting lots of confidence in you, Jaron. Oh, buddy, you need to lower that down. Most of the time when people, uh, when I hear that, it's like, is Jaron doing it? I'm out. I'm, I'm totally out. So, well, hey, um, so so if you're uh, new to the podcast um, or you weren't around on Sunday, uh, Pastor Nick is on vacation. Uh, he actually called me this morning. Oh. They were on their way to the beach in... Cabo, I think somewhere, somewhere in Mexico. So I got, I was like, why are you calling me? You're on vacation. He's like, I'm just calling to tell you I'm not dead. I was like, well, that's good. So, um, Nick's on vacation enjoying time away with the family, um, which you like being, being the former lead guy, you understand, uh, the demand, the need it is, you know, absolutely for time away with your family, you know? So, um, so he's doing that. He's getting hopefully some R and R. He texted me and asked me one thing about work, and I said, I'll answer this one question, and then I'm not answering anything else the rest <laughs> of the time. So, um, But hey, you spoke on Sunday. Uh, let me pull up my notes here. I had them pulled up, and then they went away. Um, so you spoke on Sunday. Uh, the title of your message was Discovering Our God-Created Purpose, and you you did so from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Yep. Um, so for me personally... Uh, just one thing, because there's a mic in front of my face. Um, uh, one of the things that was incredibly impactful to me that I'm still chewing on and processing um, is you spoke on being an image bearer of God and what is our purpose and how we live out that purpose. Um, yeah. But even more than that, it was towards the end of your message. Um, I got a nice swift kick, you know, in the teeth or the stomach. <laughs> um, but you were talking about preaching the gospel to ourselves daily and removing anything that hinders us from the life that God has called us to live. Mm-hmm. Cause I think so often we, f- we forget um, that the gospel is as much for us mm, as it is for, for sure. others. Yeah. You know? And so as I'm still chewing on and processing through that, it was like, it was like, it was a nice reminder. It was like, Hey, that's for you too, buddy. <laughs> that's for you too, buddy. So um, I'm interested uh, because no one knows inside your mind. That's always the fun part to play with Nick is yeah. no one knows, you know, inside your mind it, it where um, where uh, the idea, because we've been in Revelation. Um, so we went off topic, you know, for the morning. So what, what, was, what was the reasoning behind choosing what you did and why you chose to spoke? on Sunday on what you did. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah, I'm excited to share about that. Um, you know, oh, a lot of things come to my mind, um, but probably the primary like thought that um, the hope that I would have that people would take away as we looked at our purpose of being like the temple mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit is seeing the significance that God has given each of us individually. Like... Um, and I mentioned it on Sunday, um, a lot of times like we, we can see like what happens here on Sunday morning, we can see what Pastor Nick does yeah. or what the worship team's doing. And like my, my hope that a big takeaway in it is people would see the significance and the call that God's placed on them mm-hmm. in everyday life, Yeah, like everyday life. And, um, and in seeing that, that it would actually change like the mundane of life um, to being exciting. Yeah. You know, um, have you been on a mission trip? I'm, I I'm have. sure. Yeah, I did, have. Did you go on the last one? That, I didn't. I've never been to Kentucky. Okay. Um, I've been to the Philippines uh, and I've been to Honduras. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. See, and something like when you went there. Yeah or when some of you that are listening went on a like a mission trip, I guarantee like before you went, 
you're like in preparation mode, prayer mode. You're praying for the oh, place uh, you're going mm-hmm. to. You're there's an anticipation, like in your heart, like of what's going to happen. Who are we going to reach? Um, usually, there's something laid out that you're going to go do or whatever. And um, I know the missionary trips that I've gone on uh, to Mexico and, and things like that. They were so amazing, but I had such great expectation and also mm-hmm. preparation. Yeah. Like I'm just preparing to go, like connect and meet with people, and then I'd come back just blown away at like what God did. Um, even as I've heard of many of the people in our church that came back recently yeah. from the Appalachian Mountains, um, and I think like I, I don't think God intends for that. I, I think those things are great, yeah, but. The intention of God, I think, for us as believers is to see every day mm-hmm. is a mission trip. Like the the joy that God gives us. I, I think the greatest joy that any of us can experience is first being saved. Mm-hmm. Like when you really yeah. come to the understanding that your sins have been washed away, you've been made new with God and come in connection with God. I mean, that there, there's just nothing I don't think yeah. that tops out till we go to be with him. But man, secondary to that, is being used by God, mm-hmm. like getting the opportunity to um, have him work through you in somebody else's life. And I I truly believe like every believer has this opportunity that a lot of times we miss because mm-hmm. things seem so normal. Yeah. Like, well, I do the same thing every day, you know? Um, and that'd be kind of like where... Um, the, the end of the message that yeah. you said kind of hit you can't, comes into play of of preaching the gospel to ourselves daily, I think really plays such a part in seeing the significance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, maybe for you, it seems, I know for me, um, maybe for you that are listening, um, that have accepted the Lord, when you got saved, you're stinking excited. Yeah. Like you wanted to tell other people about it. You, there, there was just a joy in your heart for other people to see what you've seen. And um, I think one reason for us to continually um, stay where we started in the sense of like remembering, yeah, we remember our brokenness. Um, like when I sit and just meditate on like, man, there isn't anything that I've done that I'm going to do that God loves me. It's like that builds a joy in my heart to go have compassion for others. It also protects me from pride because I think- Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Because I've I've found myself like when when you're not in that place where you very uh, naturally start the conversation in your own mind of, I'm not that bad. Mm. You know, at least I don't sin like they do. Or yeah, that yeah, person yeah. does. And it's like, nah, that's a, that is a, that's a dark, treacherous path to start taking. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, it's like Peter. Um, I mean, like when you read the Gospels and you see Peter for the first time meeting Jesus, what does he say? Like, um, away from me. I'm a sinful man. Oh, yeah. You know, he's like, like, go away. And, and Jesus is like, uh, no, nah, I'm going to make you not a fisher of fish, but a fisher of men. Yeah. And like calls Peter. And then Peter gets to do all these things. And the next thing you know, like Peter's like, I'll never fail you, Lord. If all fail you, I'll never fail you. Watch what you say. And it's like Peter forgot like like the brokenness um, of his life without yeah. Christ. And even the works that Peter did were being inspired. And it was by God that yeah. those things were happening. And um, I think whether you're preaching the gospel um, in a message on a Sunday morning or whether you really start connecting into this missionary mind mm-hmm. that like at work, at school, where you're at, and God uses you. Cause like, if you're praying for opportunity, looking for opportunity, resting, and he's gonna bring it, yeah, you know? And when he does, like the pride could come in of like, yeah, look what I, I did or, yeah. and it's like, but coming back to the gospel every day and remembering like, no, I got to do that because, he's good. Yeah. You know, he's rescued me. He saved me. So I think it, it helps with the area of pride. Um, again, I think like what you just kind of m- mentioned too is just compassion. Like a lot of times we can be judgmental as Christians. No, you know? <laughs> not us. 
um, we can look at somebody and uh, really, really judge them. We can give people the idea like, well, man, if you had just quit doing this, yeah. if you'd start doing this, then things could be better. And, th- and that could be true, I guess, to a certain extent. Like, you know, if you quit doing drugs, yeah. <laughs> you know, your your life is in this world probably going to be better than... But, but the idea of salvation, mm-hmm. and I think that's where things get confused. People think that like like we're we're saved because we do good things yeah and that good things are just really fruit coming Mm -hmm. out of the goodness of god saving us and so um preaching the gospel to ourselves and remembering that helps me hopefully relay that with other people when yeah. I'm talking to them. When you, uh, when you're talking about mission trip, cause I remember going on mission trips in a very, uh, judgmental way. Like, uh-huh. I, I think there's a natural way where we, we think we are going in to fix and to save people. Like we are God's workmen to go do his. And it's like, yes, but I remember coming back from those trips mm-hmm. going, it was, it was them Wh- wherever I went, you know, whether it was yes. Honduras or in the Philippines, you know, uh, when we went to Honduras, we worked with filters of hope um, uh, and living water mm-hmm. uh, to drill uh, wells um, in in the middle of nowhere. Like I've never been to such a remote, desolate place in my life. Uh-huh. And so they were talking about how uh, the women and the children in the village would would walk four miles one way to have access to water, not even clean water, just water. So it was yeah. eight miles just to bring water. Um, and so like in, in the prayer and the preparation, you know, leading up to the trip, um, cause I went in college and so there was a group of us. And so we'd have uh, mission trip meetings every week and just talk about, you know, training and, and learning Spanish to be able to communicate and all of these different things. There was that sense of, um, this is my purpose. Like mm. I am going to do good to help someone less fortunate. And I got there and immediately was wrecked. Like yes. the Lord's like, I'm going to let you think that until you land <laughs> and get on a bus and drive in the middle of nowhere. And it was like what I thought I was, I was going to bring the Lord used somebody else to minister, you know, to me. Um, because I think there is this natural tendency. Uh, and I, and I hear it a lot. You probably heard a lot, you know, when you were in ministry um, where it's, it's like the big super Christian things. Mm. instead of the quote-unquote boring mundane everyday life yeah. where it's like oh well, that's easy for you to say pastor and it's like yeah but you healthcare worker you teacher you, whoever you are listening wherever god has called you to be a stay-at-home mom a dad whatever that is like there are people in your circle and sphere of influence that you have so much more impact with than yes. i would or you would or nick would based on a position yeah um you is as parent going to sports games, sitting with that family week in and week out, night mm-hmm. in and night out, um, have so much more emotional investment um, yeah. and, and can speak so much more life into, you know, into people. And so that idea, um, you know, even as you were preaching on Sunday, you know, I just started running through all the times in my own life that I felt um, like I was just floundering. Yeah. Like, I don't, God, I don't know what you've called me to do. Like, I don't know who I am, you know, instead of my identity being found in you, it was like, oh, well, my identity's found in this sport or this, this thing, you know? And so, you know, I wonder how many people sat in on Sunday morning or watched online and, and went like, this hits home for me. Mm -hmm. Like what you're saying hits home for me, you know? And so because we, we all understand the time constraints of a Sunday morning and and like moving in and out, like we got to move in and out. Like I I got in trouble first service. I walked in the back of the room and you're like, (laughs) I I know, I know I got to finish this, but it was great. Um, so like what, what's maybe something that you had in your notes or, or like the Lord had given you that you just that you didn't have time to do, or you wish like, man, I wish I could have 10 more minutes to just expound on this thing. Yeah. Cause this was great about the podcast. We have no time <laughs> constraints. And, uh, one of your sons, I will not personally call them out yet, but mm-hmm. we have called them out before. Um, thinks that the podcast should be like two plus hours long. Oh, wow. Okay. He said, listen, <laughs> I, when I work, I turn the podcast on and I listen. So it could be longer. I'm like, yeah, buddy, but you're not the the everyday person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's doing it. And so, um, but that's, that's the great part about the podcast is like, there's a mic in front of your face 
and we hit record and when we kind of go this is it we'll turn it off and we're done there is no like hey buddy i need you to wrap it up yeah. like we got to go <laughs> um so maybe what's uh is there is yeah. there anything and if there is what is it yeah well several things come to mind like as you were talking just now you know like when we're talking about on sunday being the temple of the holy spirit and like how does that practically play out in in my life as an individual or your life, Mm -hmm. I should say, as an individual. Um, Because I think like still we could kind of go, well, what does that look like, you know? Um, And I think it's gonna look different for each and every Mm -hmm. one of us because one, we're different people. Two, God's given us different gifts, Um, bearing the image of God, you know? Um, can be expressed in so many ways. And I, I think that's where, like, having that brokenness uh, before the Lord and seeking God, God, just do what you want to do in yeah. me. Um, God's given us gifts. He's given us spiritual gifts. Um, one gift, though, I know he's given to everyone that he calls us all to is the spiritual gift of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and what uh, a testimony it can be um, for us to love others mm-hmm. like Christ has loved us. And um, so so that would be something that I'd really, you know, and again, because we can go, well, man, Cliff, you don't know my job. Like I'm a delivery person or I'm, I work at McDonald's or I, you know. I don't have the freedom or the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, what I would hope is, is that we'd catch like, like, being the temple of God, being used by God, it has nothing to do with where you're at or your circumstance Mm -hmm. as it has to do with God being in you Mm -hmm. and you being in tune with the Lord. Like he might want to use you before you ever even get to work. Like it might be the the cashier at the gas station. It might be um, somebody in in traffic that you let in and that's come when the over, Lord does you know? the most work in my life is <laughs> they say that that's the last thing to be sanctified in a pastor's life is uh, just... well I'm telling you right now <laughs> I know I'm close to death when I start thinking loving thoughts towards people that cut me off because whoo that is uh, I could get real huh? oh let me tell you my wife's like uh hey they go to our church I'm like I don't care they, this morning we were running late and of course like Go ahead and pray for patience this morning. And we got behind the slowest truck in the world. And I had a meeting to lead. And we're like, we were five minutes late. And I am in the car losing my salvation, like literally losing my ever loving mind. And my wife's just like, it's going to be okay. Like the day's not ruined. It's like, no, the day is done. I'm out. I need to go back to bed. We'll try again tomorrow. So that's great. Yeah. You know, and something in that, like, so a question I get a lot, um, I mean, I literally probably get this question on the weekly yeah. um, from someone. It's so this this month, next week will be three years that Pastor Nick will be yeah. pastoring yep. our church. So three years, which is really amazing to me because that's gone by super fast. It has. It's just gone by super fast. But a question that I get is, Cliff, um, do you miss mm-hmm. doing you know what you were doing before? And um, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what people expect or think, or if they think I'm even being real. But the truth is, no. Yeah. Because <gasps> gasp. <laughs> because and I, and I think that I I grabbed hold of what I talked about on Sunday mm-hmm. in my life before stepping out and. I made a very big point, like when I was stepping out of the role of yeah. lead pastor, is I'm not stepping down from ministry. I'm stepping out into ministry, mm-hmm. and just a word. But um, I'm hoping for the church that they really saw that. See, things are still really amazing, yeah. um, because God's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was a tabernacle for the Lord as lead pastor, and I'm a tabernacle for the Lord as a business owner. Yep. Um, the opportunity to be used by God doesn't change. How you use that gift can change. Yep. And I still have a huge heart, too, for equipping the body of Christ yep. and going about different 
ways of getting opportunities to teach. Absolutely love that when that comes up, getting to go teach the youth this week. Love it. But when it comes down to it, and I love Nick really um, hits on this a lot and has in Revelation is our identity not being in our position or Mm -hmm. our title, but in Christ. And um, probably one of the biggest blessings that has come from changing roles for me is to to really experience Mm. that my identity isn't pastor cliff yep. though i have a heart to pastor my identity is christ yeah and him and me and i like that language that you use so for someone who uh is new either obviously the podcast or even to the church like the influx of people that don't know like it's funny when you when you do preach the murmurs of like i had no idea that was the oh yeah the former senior pastor. so you three years ago stepped uh, you stepped out of ministry here, and you are now uh, a coffee shop owner. You're you're a small business owner in Eldon. Uh-huh. Um, and so what I love about that is while you stepped out of full-time vocational ministry where your title had pastor in front of it, um, the things that I see you do now are the exact same thing, mm-hmm. like sitting down and discipling and ministering with people who come into the coffee shop. Yeah, And, and some could say uh, that you have more time and freedom now to do that, whereas before you didn't, because yeah. you were leading an organization, you were leading a staff, you know, you were leading a church. Um, and so, you know, so many times we we long for um, the gifts that so-and-so has or the position that so-and-so has. Um, I was just listening to a leadership podcast this week um, and and they said, if, if you are not content in who the Lord has created you and called you to be, you won't be content in the title in front of your name. And I went, oh man, like that'll preach all on its own because all we'll do is just start grabbing for titles. We'll think that title will make me happy. And we get in the middle of it and we're miserable. And it's like, it has nothing to do with the title or the position. It has to do with the place that God has called us, you know, to be as believers, you know? And so for you, what I love, you know, is I have never, um, in all of my years in vocational ministry and as a as a a Christian being involved in the church, I've never seen healthy transition. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. So it was very weird to me <laughs> when it was like, oh yeah, Cliff not only still goes to the church but faithfully serves. Real talk, and I've never told you this before. I was like there's there's like that's his way of, of keeping control like that's his way of keeping his, his finger on the pulse and then when i got hired here and got to know you like even more than i did before it was like no cliff is doing exactly what god has called him to do mm. like his heart for ministry he may have laid the position aside of pastor but he still has a pastor's heart mm. um and i always tell people like we even online on sunday when we were doing our 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 pre-service hanging out with the online crew. Um, Z and I were up here talking about you like, Hey, Nick's on vacation. He's not here, but Cliff is, is preaching. Um, the phrase that I always use is like, you are a pastor regardless of where you are, like your heart to love on people, your heart to disciple people, your heart to equip people, like regardless of the, the position you hold, like you were doing that as a pastor. Now you're doing that as a small business owner. Yeah. Like nothing's changed except the title. Yeah. Calling yeah. hasn't changed. No. You know, and that's the crazy thing is I and I remember even early on in ministry my own insecurities, like, oh I I don't I don't know the Bible like they do. Yeah. Like and I and I still like still to this day struggle um with uh, I'm not as biblically knowledgeable as them, so I'm not I'm not qualified to be a pastor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and it's like, no, I have been equipped to do the things that I'm good at. Yeah. You know, like all the stuff <laughs> that you can't see right now but behind the scenes, you know, and it's like the 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 things that I enjoy doing behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, like young immature Jeron wanted stage time all day long because mm-hmm. I thought there was power in that. Like people yeah. would listen to me because I was on the stage and it's like, yeah. don't put, I've, I've told Nick, like, don't put me on the stage. <laughs> like I'll do anything and everything behind the scenes. Don't put me on the stage, <laughs> you know, and, and how many times do we look, you know, for... Um, for that purpose in the platform, yeah, you know, or in that promotion. 
yeah, or in the, the bigger thing. And it's like the Lord's going, I just want to use you where you're at right now. Yes. If you just be willing, just yeah. open yourself up to let me use you where you're at right now Yeah, as a stay-at-home mom, as, as a dad, as yeah. a teacher who has influence over students, as a small business owner who has employees, you know, yeah. like, and it's not sitting down doing Bible study. Yeah. Could be, you know, it's, it's allowing your life, like you said on Sunday, to be a, a temple for the Holy Spirit to reside and being in tune to what he's doing. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, ultimately, like, I believe that is the goal and the will of the Father. I mean, like when Jesus prayed in John, um, he prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And like seeing church as something as so much more than what we do on Sunday or a Ooh, building that we go preach. to. That'll preach, come on. But really recognizing the church like as the body you and I and every single believer that's listening, we are the church. Um, we're all on the same like playing field. Like when he calls us a royal priesthood, you know, he's not speaking to the pastors yeah. or the apostles. He's speaking to the body of Christ. And it's like, you know, and, and even like your circumstances and like we talked about on Sunday, like Peter was writing to a dispersed people that like we can't even imagine here in the West, I don't think what the church was going through at that time. Mm -hmm. And they so they were in very hard circumstance, difficult circumstance. And that yet God is revealing like this purpose that I've given you to be a picture of me, to go love on people, to go share my word. It you guys are all on the same playing field. And you know, something you said earlier about missions trips uh, or mission trips that I same same thing happened to me. We went to Mexico. We're gonna go minister to the Oaxacan Indians, mm -hmm. and so they were like the poor of the poor in Mexico. And we go out way out into the desert to this village um, to a camp, literally that's made of like huts that are made out of like cardboard. Ugh. People living on dirt grounds with maybe pallets. Um, and uh, we went and had we were gonna go do like some dramas and I preached while I was there and they translated into like from Mexican to Oaxacan and or Spanish into to Oaxacan. Anyway, long story short was um, as we were there worshiping with this church, th these people were absolutely in love with the Lord. Like w this was not what I thought like evangelism trip. Mm -hmm. It was Cliff, yeah. you, you're going to get to see what you're missing out on. Yeah. And here are these people, the poorest of the poor, that had such a joy mm -hmm. and a love for God. And I mean like weeping joy of praises to God. These and, and I'm sitting there and we were all wrecked. Like we literally all left there just, just broken because we realized that like, man, they've grabbed hold of something that we haven't. And maybe even through their circumstances – they had come to that point in place of realizing the significance of yeah. being the temple of the Holy Spirit and what God was doing. But I just love, I love that. Like um, it isn't about once you get here or once you do this or once you do that, it's like right now God mm -hmm. wants to do a work in you and in me and through us. And, and something else that that stirs up in my heart as you were sharing um was you know like where a passion like really began to burn in my heart was for the world that has not yet come to christ mm -hmm. and what their perception of christ is mm -hmm. um, i think a lot of people are running from a god um that they perceive um to be this cruel judgmental mm -hmm. God and to be real um, I would run from him yeah. too and and because but that isn't who our God is yeah. the the problem is is a lot of these people um, because of maybe a church experience or experience with other people that have called themselves believers or believers that are just we're not doing or where we're supposed to yeah. be. Um, they're never going to come into a church setting 
but for us as the church body to, to realize like we can come into their lives mm-hmm. with the love of God. Um, and that could come in so many ways. I mean, that might be um, getting the opportunity to share the gospel mm-hmm. verbally with them. That is the end game. That is where we want to go. But I think there's so many people that are out there right now. They truly, and it's a, a saying that is is repeated a lot, but people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Mm, you know? So true. And for people to just see the church, like being willing to sit down and listen to someone, to love them where they're at, to not have this list of rules that they need to keep, to be a listener, um, it, it can speak volumes and give great opportunities for the gospel. When I first got saved, like I felt like every conversation I had is like you had to save everybody in every oh, right conversation. Now. Yeah, yep. like before we get done, <laughs> you're going to be saying the sinner's prayer. We're going to be, you know, going through this. And um, I, I've come to a place in my life where it's like, you know what? I can't save anyone. You can't save anyone. Yeah. God does the saving. I just need to be a vessel mm-hmm. that's ready. And then that'd bring me back to how can I do that? Well, I need to be, I need to stay where I started and keep remembering yeah. the goodness of God who's rescued me so that I might love people. Yep. And past something uh, that you said that makes me think, Pastor Nick always talks about how so, so many times we want to step in and be the Holy Spirit in someone's life mm. where we have these set of rules or things that, that they need to change. And it's like, how quickly we forget that we were once a sinner who was who was lost. Um, our sin might look the same. It might be completely different, you know, but we come in with all these preconceived notions and rules of like, hey, here's what you need to do to, to come in our building. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. You need to clean yourself up and fix yourself. Yeah. It's like, that's not what the Lord calls. That's no. not what he calls us to do. And so, so many times, you know, I have, you know, Oh, this is what I think you need to fix. This is what I think you need to change. You know, yes. th- this is this is what in your life that you need to stop doing to have an encounter and, and experience the love and grace of Jesus. And it's like, maybe that's not the order that the Lord has. <laughs> maybe that's actually backwards from, you know, and so many times we don't listen. Yeah. We sit down and we sit across from somebody. And as soon as they're done, then we offer opinions. Mm. We offer advices instead of allowing the spirit to work in our lives and allowing him to speak through us because only he knows truly what that person needs, you know, in that moment. Um, Cause I could grieve how many times have I done that? So sat down across and be like, well, yeah, you can't hear from the Lord because you're busy doing whatever, (laughs) you know, it's like fix that. And the Lord's like, I wanted to use you to be my hands and feet, (laughs) you know, just sit down and love on them and listen. So you, yeah. Anything else? Like you said, you had a couple things that were in your brain stirring. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that just comes to mind um, that I'm just thinking about more right now that, that I loved um, that we got to do at Sunday's message was the contrast of looking at the New Testament mm-hmm. and us being the temple and looking at the Old Testament yep. and the temple, the New Testament priesthood, the Old Testament priest. And um, I think so often, like, we get this idea, the God of the Old Testament is totally different than the God of the New Testament, but really we see he's the same. He's always been the same. And so, like, a fun part for me really was looking at the priests mm-hmm. and looking at, like, they had to go through the same thing in a different way, but the same thing to go and minister for God, mm-hmm. it wasn't because they were perfect people. They were actually messed up people, broken people that needed sacrifice yep. for their sin. They need, they needed something to step in the place so that they could even approach God. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love that. I love the opportunity to, to kind of, to bring that in. Um, and then obviously just that picture that that plays out for us mm-hmm. um, of like, why, do, why do, I get to be a temple for our God. I mean, like so many people will say like, well, I don't feel worthy or I'm not good enough. And well, you're not <laughs> like, and neither am I, yeah. and, you know, um, but Jesus died, was judged in my place, 
our place. Um, and in that faith and that alone, I've got this incredible access mm -hmm. to run to my father. And now I have ability from him to go run to other people. Like, um, again, it just puts everybody on the same playing ground, whether you're a scholar that's been to, you know, seminary and gone through all these things, or you're a brand new Christian, brand new believer. Yeah. It's like, we we're all just on the, in the same playing ground. Cause what God's wanting to do, no, excuse me, through your life or any of our lives, isn't what you have to bring to the table. Mm. but it's the fruit yep. of his spirit in your life. And I look back sometimes at like when I was first like born again, I, I, I reached a lot of people for Jesus at that time of my life. And I knew nothing. Like I knew like God loved me and died for me. And that was about it. And yet that was enough because God's spirit, that fruit of his spirit was spewing out of yep. my life. And it's like, man, like how crazy 30 plus years later, I feel like I'm just coming back more to that place of, man, I, I need to preach the gospel to myself. I need to remember who I really am that I might see more of God yeah. in me, yeah. you know, because um, let's be real. I mean, like if we're going to really be a temple of God, that's way bigger shoes than <laughs> any of us are ever going to fill. But the cool thing is God didn't plan yeah. on us filling them. He wants to fill them. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I don't remember, remember where I heard it. Um, and even in the context, which I heard it, but I remember um, someone, I'm going to assume it was a podcast. Cause like everything I do is, po <laughs> is podcast based. Anything I remember or learn leadership, Christian life, anything, you know, how to be a better parent comes from a podcast, but um, they're talking about don't cheapen the gift the Lord has given you mm. um, by discrediting that gift by discounting yourself. You're right. You're not worthy. Mm -hmm. But if someone gave you a gift, would you essentially slap them in the face by rejecting that gift? And I was like, yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. But like, how quickly do I, how quickly do we do that as believers where we immediately quantify, I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm not worthy of God's grace. So we cheapen that yeah. because we, we keep it at arm's distance. Like 100% exactly right. You, I, anybody are not worthy. Yeah. That's the whole point of grace. Yes. Like don't cheapen that gift and make it all about you because it's not. Yeah. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. The grace of God is the reason. Yes. You know, and it's like, oh man, when I go back to where I came from, mm. when I go back to preaching the gospel to myself daily, and I remember that I was some snot-nosed little sixth grade boy who thought he was going to heaven because he hadn't murdered anybody or done the big sins. Yeah. And the Lord grabbed a hold of my heart on a very mundane Sunday morning normal church service, no special message, but the veil on my eyes were removed. And I realized it, it has nothing to do with being a quote unquote good person. Yeah. It has to do with the fact that I understand and realize what the Lord did for me on the cross. Mm. And I struggled with that. Like I struggled with that growing up where we'd go to these, you know, as I got older in youth group, you yeah. know, we'd go to these conferences and it's like, oh, I met the Lord in the back of a car high on heroin and yeah. drunk. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's not my story. That story is awesome. Uh, yeah. Like I met Jesus on a Sunday morning at church. That's the most <laughs> uninspiring way to meet Jesus. And it's like, I almost became embarrassed. Sure. As crazy as that sounds. Be like, oh, how'd you come to know the Lord? Like, oh yeah, I was dealing drugs in the high school and some kid <laughs> invited me to youth event. It's like, I, I, uh, I went to church like every day of my life and accepted, you know, it's just like yeah. London, my wife and I talk about that all the time because we have very similar um, salvation stories. Yeah. Um, but knowing now, like I appreciate the mundane. Yeah. I appreciate for who I am easily contend to become in the bigness and the showiness um going back to the fact that my salvation story wasn't some hey look at me and you know look how bad i was and look at what god did it was hey this is this was the mundane of the day like yeah and it, it's really cool because i feel like um you know certain stories 
definitely resonate, you know, with certain people. And it's like, for me, I get to, you know, I get to walk with, with that person that has a similar story. That's really struggled with it. I I remember being in student ministry, having a lot of kids that grew up in church Mm -hmm. and maybe were either had, or were in the process of walking away from faith or just trying to come to terms with mom and dad's faith or mom and dad's quote unquote religion. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to figure out like, do I believe this because I believe it or because it's something that I just kind of naturally grew up in. And now that I can think for myself, I'm beginning to question things, you know, and wonder. And I remember how many kids I'd sit down with, you know, at a McDonald's, you know, or in our house, because we invited kids to our house all the time. And and they'd just be like, and that story would come up and be like, you have no idea how helpful that is. Yeah. It's funny you say that, because even last night, uh, me and my, one of my sons, Isaiah, um, we were talking about exactly about that, about like testimonies and, you know, um, him growing up you know, as a pastor's son and that kind of thing. And I mean, that, that same thing. And, um, it's like, and I said, you know, what's, what's wild. It's like, we, we do, we put like, oh, they got saved from such a radical thing. But I'm like, man, look at the apostle Paul. Like that is a radical testimony because here you've got a guy that, like according to himself said man i kept the law mm-hmm. to the t mm-hmm. he i mean he he i mean he sought to just every little bit and and to the to the best of his knowledge was doing everything that god wanted him mm-hmm. to do and then what does he say he says it was as filthy rags it was as basically he says poop yep in the yep. in the bible like it and like he was just as much a sinner as the person that is caught up in the drugs or, or whatever. Actually, it's almost even more of an amazing testimony and almost a more difficult testimony. I think for a lot of people to experience because people that think, well, I'm doing this, I'm a good person. I give money to the poor. I tithe or I go to church and like, but if for them to, to come to that place of, you know, all of that isn't enough. I'm in need of a savior. Yeah. And, and so when somebody, when that light clicks on and you realize like all of these good things I do aren't enough that no man's justified by the keeping Mm -hmm. of the law, but by faith alone and what Christ has done, that is a, to me, like that is a radical testimony that really, I think the church needs to hear so much because that's probably one of the, the things that just like burns in my heart a lot is um, I, I do think that there's a lot of people that think that they know the Lord that haven't yet come to the Lord. I mean, Jesus said that. He yeah. said, many are going to say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say away from me. I never knew you. Yep. And then they're going to proclaim, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. We healed in your name. We did all these things. And and you see the key ingredient in that is like they're focused on what they did for mm-hmm. God rather than what Christ did for them. Yeah. Hey, look what I did for you. Yeah. And um, I, I think that like one of my heart passions is that each of us would just see the depravity, uh, the sin of our heart, no matter how good yeah. we are, no matter how many things that we think we, we've done, that we would bring that and realize it's complete dirt, trash. Yeah. Um, we need a sacrifice. Yeah. We need atonement. Um, but yeah. So help me understand, because it, it, we started off the podcast talking about it, and I think there's this this underlying theme. Um, and if, if you're watching um, on YouTube right now, you'll, you'll notice that like visually, if you look at Cliff, it, like th- there is this expressiveness about you. Like when you talk about the joy of the Lord, um, when, when you talk about that, th- there is, there is something about you, uh, without being corny or cheesy, like there's this bubbly, th- there's something, there's a physical manifestation about you. There, there's this expressive part about you. Um, and so many people I think don't understand mm. what the joy of the Lord is, mm. like what that is. So, um, walk us through the difference between happiness and joy mm. and how it relates to our discovering our purpose. Okay. 
I know that's a really loaded. Throw I know. me on the spot. I know. No, no, no. That's that's good. Well, I mean, I think like happiness, you know, is something that we um, can derive from all kinds of things, like you know, watching that TV show that you like, or flicking through TikTok, or or you know, going and on a hike, or you know, hanging out. Now we're talking. You know with friends or yep. those kind of happiness is oftentimes very circumstantial and something that yeah situational and um and we can really set our mind on that and i feel like um, not to be happy that that's bad but a lot of times it can be a ripoff mm-hmm. from like joy contentment um, what those Oaxacan Indians I mentioned had, mm-hmm. they didn't have anything, but they knew their position in Christ. They obviously were hanging out with Jesus. And that was something that was unchanged. Mm-hmm. It, so it, what, it, didn't, it didn't matter if they had nothing, and it probably wouldn't have mattered if they had everything. Um, but a lot of times I think when we have the everything, that's the distraction. Oh yeah. Because that's where, oh, the happiness comes in or we're, we're, we're focusing over here and we're, we're actually missing the deeper thing. And that's where I think Paul says, like, count it all joy, my brother. And when you fall into various trials, it's like, what? Like, that if doesn't we're make real, sense. like we, yeah. don't, we just don't really get it until you go through a trial and you finally come to the end of yourself and you start crying out to God, like he'd have us do every day, yeah. you know? And then it's like, then he can come in that moment. You know, one of the toughest things that I ever faced was the loss of my mom. Mm. Um, I remember even like, that was like probably one of the biggest things. Even when I first got saved, I had this fear in my heart, like that my mom was going to die. Yeah. You know, praise the Lord. Like he'd give me like 30 more years with her, you know, at that point. But like when my mom passed away, um, it it was crazy because, again, it was the diff- most difficult thing I think I walked through. Yeah. Never have I had anyone that I was that close to that had left the world. Um, but in that brokenness was a joy that I can't even express. Mm -hmm. It surpasses understanding. Um, Not because I lost my mom, but because Jesus met me there. Yeah. And um, so anyway, kind of rabbit trailed a little there, but, but nonetheless, I think, I think that's the big difference. And again, I've used it a couple of times, but it, it puts everybody on the same playing field, like happiness could be very circumstantial. It could be that check coming in the mail today. But joy is something that I can have whether there's yeah. nothing or everything because joy is Jesus. And again, that's why we need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves. <laughs> it's like going back and remembering like, oh, my brokenness, but remembering like his love and grace yeah. um, can really, really change things. And, um, and I'm not always like, joyful or always have it together you you don't walk around just pooping rainbows (laughs) all the time (laughs) no i wish i did that'd be cool i mean my kids my family those that are are closest to you you know they always see see that but that just presses me like as i see that side come out i'm more aware as i've gotten older like what's coming out of my life and when i start seeing stuff that's coming out I said something a, a number of years ago. It was about the time that I would be stepping out from here. And I just said, you know what? I want fruit. Yeah. The fruit of God's spirit in my life. Like, I don't want, like, my works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can put on the mask and pretend to be a good person and pretend to be happy when I'm really not Miserable happy. Miserable inside. You know. Um, but I want... You know, Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you're going to bear much fruit. Like, so like really been trying to tap into like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Because yeah. God, I want your fruit. I I can't fake this, yeah. you know, I, I want you, you know. Yeah. So many times we forget that uh, to get good fruit requires pruning. 
Mm. Like, you know, anyone, if you talk to a gardener, which I have probably the blackest thumb there is when it comes to <laughs> keeping plants of any kind alive, I can somehow kill succulents, as can my <laughs> wife. Um, so, and the craziest thing for me is when you start talking about pruning, you know, and cutting back, like, oh, that's healthy, but you got to cut it. Yeah. So that the next season or the next harvest, mm. it'll produce more. And it's like, you're an idiot. Like that doesn't make sense. You don't get more by removing, yes. you know, something out of it. And it's like, no, you do. You, you prune it. Yeah. You got you got to trim it. You got to cut it. Yeah. Because that thing is taking nutrients that yeah. that is needed elsewhere. You know. And so for the things in my life, I remember being a student ministry talking. Like I always tell my students, like the work the Lord wants to do in you is the same work that a surgeon does in someone who is something that needs fixing. Like there's something that's broken. Um, doesn't matter how much anesthesia that you're given, you're not going to feel the surgery, but you are going to feel the effects of the surgery. Mm. Like there are things that are, that are unhealthy, whether it's cancerous, whether it's broken, like whatever it is. And that, that needs to be carved out and removed away. Like yeah. not every growth is, is good growth. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd always tell our students like the Lord has to do surgery on your heart. And yeah. sometimes it's not sometimes most of the time it's going to hurt because your identity is wrapped in it, because your purpose is wrapped in it, because who you are is wrapped in it. And when he starts cutting away those things that you've held so integral to your life or so dear that you start grasping from like, no, 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 you can't take that. Like if you take that, I don't know who I am. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. I need you to not know who you are mm. so that you find your hope and you find your purpose and you find your satisfaction in me. Yes. Instead of in the world and instead of earthly things. Yeah. Instead of at the bottom of a bottle or in a woman or a man or a car or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I need you to be so broken and so dependent on me that nothing else suffices. Yes. And man, how many times in, in my own life, you know, have I been at that place where it's like, I almost feel like the Lord's like, okay, finally, you're right where I need you. Yeah. You are exactly where I need you because you are so done. You are so broken that the only thing, the only person you're looking for is me. You've tried everything else. Yeah. Now, now you're, you're giving me a shot like, oh, well, my last ditch effort is <laughs> the Lord. Like, okay, God, if you're going to do a work, go ahead and do it now. Cause I've tried everything else. And in those moments when you find contentment, you mm. know, when you find true joy and not happiness, you know, I always tell people you need to go on as, especially as Westerners. Mm -hmm. you need to go on a foreign mission trip not so you can change someone's life so that your life can be changed and you can see what true joy is because mm. like being in Honduras seeing people that had nothing yeah and, and me as a Westerner who had everything yeah and seeing their dependency and their their true joy about who Jesus was and, and even the way like the way they talked about and expressed like you can't fabricate that no you can't fake that and it's like I'm missing something somewhere. <laughs> like I came to give, like to bring you clean water and I left just being completely, completely humbled going, I want that joy. Yes. I want that commitment that can only be found in Jesus. So what am I doing wrong? You know, like <laughs> yeah. what, what do I need to surgically remove from my life and be like, that's got to go. Cause it's, it's taking nutrients. It's taking my attention and my focus. Mm -hmm. And so what we talk about on the podcast a lot is, is this idea of counterfeit. Like you don't study all the counterfeits to know what the real thing is. You study the real thing. So you recognize what a counterfeit is. Yes. You know, and it's like, how many times do we counterfeit joy? Just like you said, as happiness because we're content momentarily or situationally when all that is, is Satan using it as a distraction from the deeper thing the Lord wants to take us to. Yeah. And as long as I keep you distracted with the shallow or the okay we're missing out on, on the depth of what the Lord has for us. For sure. And like Nick said on the podcast, like, Oh man, am I being shallow? Now I need to go reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> am I in the shallow place or in the deep place? I'm probably in the shallow place. I'm definitely probably <laughs> in the shallow place. So, well, buddy, you have a mic in front of you. Anything else? The world is listening. The world is listening. <laughs> they have your, you have their attention. No, the one thing that went through my mind is you're talking about pruning and then just that continual process in our life. I think like, is that not the reason or the purpose too that God has given us the law? Mm -hmm. um, before we came to know the Lord, what was 
the purpose of the law? Well, I mean, for me, what I thought was the law was something I got to do all this and yeah. then God's going to be happy. But really the whole intention, Paul says, of the law is a tutor to bring us to Christ. The law was there to prune us, mm. to reveal to us how broken yeah. and wicked our hearts are. And um, and it's it's it was that pruning that brought us to salvation. It was that pruning that brought us to the end of ourself and realized, oh, I can't, I can't do this, you know. Um, and and I, I would just speak to if there was anyone listening today that maybe your battle right now is just even doubting God, doubting yourself and hating what you love, you know. Um, God, God is wanting to prune you to the point and place where you realize you can't change yourself. Mm. Like, like again, I, th I think that's the whole point of the law is, is to bring me to place. Like, I try, I would try yeah. to keep it. But even coming to that place of just going, God, I need you to help me have faith, yeah. you know? Um, he first loved us, you know? Yeah. And, and just being real, with God. And I think sometimes people are afraid to be real with God and real with themselves, yeah. you know, but just coming to him and admitting, God, like, uh, you know me, <laughs> you know what I love, you know what I want. And as God stirs in your heart to want something else, but even though you want something else, God, help me to want what you want, yeah. you know, and, and just that, that realness. I love that scripture Nick hit on it recently of the the father that's child kept throwing itself into the water the fire and and he asked the Lord to heal him and the dad said to him you know I believe but help my my unbelief yep. and man that's that's so good and and what did Jesus do Jesus healed the child it was like he he revealed to us in that scripture like that's the heart I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking for you even to be able to believe perfectly, but would you even depend on me? Mm, yeah. Would you believe enough to depend on me to believe to believe? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that that would probably be something that I'd throw out there. I mean, I could probably go all day, but... Um, um, one one of uh, <laughs> the male members of your household would be happy about that. Yeah, if we upload yeah, the podcast I, I and it was four hours be, long, yeah. you'd be like, it's about time. So, Well, and, and just to be, I'm not a podcast person, so I, I didn't even realize, like, you know, necessarily what podcast was. I mean, I listened to, like, a lot of messages and yeah. stuff. But anyway, so when I had first agreed to do this, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd listened to little tidbits here and there. But then I was like, I guess I should actually, like, check this out, what? like, video-wise. <laughs> oh, like, gosh. I'd heard it. And then I was like, an hour? Like, they're talking for an hour up there? Like, oh, no. No, no, there's no we but, about uh, it. It's, it's mostly Nick. I <laughs> I turn the cameras and the lights on. I do the introduction and the closing. And then I just, that's always been the running joke is like, hey, buddy, I need you to fill content. I need you to be the brains of the operation. I'll just be the tech guy in the background. And so Nick always gives me grief for that. But it's funny as it's as we've done the podcast, the, the hope, and we've talked a little bit about a little bit about on the podcast when we first started the podcast more than a year almost a year ago now um i had this internal struggle with uh, we had a growing online presence and a growing online community um the core ministry of calvary is life groups sure is discipleship and living life out together and being intentional in the word and caring and checking for like awesome how do we replicate that online Mm. We're not a church big enough to do, you know, anything that was really available out there. And I didn't like some of the modes and models that other churches were using for online life groups. And it was like, we're just not there, but we need to do something. Yeah. I live and breathe podcast. Yeah. Probably some unhealthy ones. <laughs> Like my wife and I love true crime podcasts. That's like, that's our bread and butter. So Nick always gives me grief for that. But I was like, what if we did a podcast? Like it wouldn't be solely for the online audience. It, it would reach the demographic of both 
on campus and online. It would help people grow in their faith. It like it would kind of be the umbrella that covers all that. And it was like, okay, what if we naturally, you know, Nick's going to be the guy or whoever teaches on Sunday, that's the guy. So what if we sit down and do a more behind the scenes look of like, what didn't you get to say? Or what couldn't you say? Because you have the person who may not even be interested or very, they're interested in faith and what it looks like to be a Christian or someone who's been a seasoned Christian for 40, 50, 60 plus years. Like how do you communicate from the stage and say things that is not offensive or encouraging Mm. to, you know, to both of those things. And so we started the breakdown and I remember in, in my head going, if we make it 12 episodes, because that's normally like what a season is, is like 10 to 12 episodes. And like, if we make it 12 episodes and Nick and I haven't killed each other (laughs) and we're not just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And more than four people listen my like my standard was so low (laughs) and let's call it like you go back and listen to season one episode one through five it's rough in every way like it's rough but then it was like there there was this like weird thought like it just it started blowing up like and it's been so cool to see how the lord has used it like i got on i got on this week we just blew through three thousand downloads Wow. Um, and that's just on the podcast that's not including youtube or you know anything like that and so um Man, there's been times I've sat here across, like I've sat here today across from you, just like being ministered to, you know, today you, most of the time, Nick, you know, just how many times the Lord's like, hey, that's for you. That's for nobody else but you. Maybe it is for somebody, but that that, that one's for you. And so it's been crazy, you know, to see how the Lord has worked in and through it. And I think this one's going to go gangbusters. Personally, that's, I think, I I, I just think one, you're, 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 new it people always like when it's different yeah you know and i think there are people that just love you that are like oh i want to hear what cliff has to say oh i wonder what cliff has to say well hopefully uh hopefully god translates (laughs) what did did the lord have to say through cliff there we go go. there we go so and and maybe like just in closing up and that i I would say this you know as i'd mentioned earlier i get that question all the time do you miss it and um again no because my identity isn't in mm. it, but two, and I would love to just have the opportunity to, I'm so blessed by what God has done and is doing in our church, mm. you know, because I really felt that I heard from the Lord that this was what I was supposed to do and that he had a plan and a person that he was going to work through. And I think a lot of people thought I was crazy, but <laughs> Man, three years out now, um, just seeing what God's done, mm-hmm. um, the heart of Nick, you know, it would have been difficult and it would have been hard had there not been somebody that came in that has a heart of of shepherding God's mm-hmm. people, of loving God's yeah. people, and not only Nick's heart, but your heart and Sean's heart. And then seeing through that, this whole ministry's exploded. Mm -hmm. It's multiplied. And so it's like, no, like why, like, why would I be? (laughs) These are things that I dreamed of, you know? And so I'll find myself a lot of times, like on a Sunday morning, I'm back there and I've just got tears going down my face, watching what God's doing through his people. And, um, only God could do that because yeah. I mean I, I'm a prideful person. I could me too. I could me too. totally, uh, and and that was a worry. I, and I think that's why a lot of people said, "Oh well, as a senior pastor or lead pastor, you can't stay with another lead pastor." I'm like, "Well, I'll be the first to go if I'm a problem." But like, it, it's it's not about me. It's not yeah. about Nick or you. It's about God. Amen. And man, when you get to sit back and see what God's doing here at Calvary, and if you don't, if you haven't gotten to to come, I encourage you. And I'll say something about this too. Life groups, since I came, which would have been 20 years ago this January, it would have been... You're only lead. 29, right? So yeah, that's, I'm only 20. I, I was only nine like, years old when I got here. <laughs> um, life groups had always been the heart of what we wanted to see happen yeah. and we'd have a few and they'd go and it kind of but to go we've got over 200 people in life groups yep. 
That's insane. 54%, I think, is the number. Of, of the church yep. going into life groups. And it's like, that's one of the, I, that's just amazing. You know, because that is where the rubber meets the road, yeah. where we get together one-on-one and or in small groups. But anyway, so um, in closing, I'd just like to say that I'm blessed, bl- blessed by what God's doing here Amen. and our pastor. And um, yeah, and so thankful to get to come do this today dude thanks thanks for doing it it's been it's been fun and and i'll add to your closing um it's been really i i appreciate you i appreciate your heart and seeing you um being so in tune with the spirit um and being willing to uh take a back seat i don't know if i was in your shoes if i could have stepped out of the lead position and watched somebody else come and do what i had dreamed of like i'm a I'm a prideful person. And so to see you not only still be here at Calvary and not just existing, but faithfully serving, like, like honestly, from, from a perspective view, like I walk in and I, I look at you each and every week when I'm down in the booth and it's like, I want to be like Cliff, not because Cliff is so special. Um, I want to, I want to have the intuness that you have with the Lord. Like, I want to be so willing to step out in faith. Like that looks crazy, Mm. but that's what God's called me to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And I don't have, I don't have the roadmap. I don't have the guy. I don't have the answer. I don't have, you know, I don't have X, Y, and Z. I have A and B, (laughs) but I'm going to step out in faith. It's C through whatever the rest of the alphabet is. And so I appreciate you and your heart and, Oh, thank you. And man. being willing to sit down and do this. And hopefully someone listening, you know, this week, this month, 10 years from now, if podcasts are still a thing and online, <laughs> that this will have, have hit a chord that the Lord would use uh, today's episode and, and just really minister maybe to somebody who's hurting or someone who's questioning or maybe someone who's grown up in church and kind of just rolling through the motions and, you know, walks in with the mask on each and every week. wondering what their purpose is in life. And so appreciate your heart. Appreciate you doing this. Appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, If you haven't yet subscribed, uh, whether you're on YouTube or on the podcast, make sure you do that. Um, If you want to, if you found today's episode or any episode helpful or encouraging, make sure and share it with a family or friend. But we'll be back next week. Uh, Pastor Nick will be back from vacation. We'll sit down with him. We'll be back in Revelation. We are... We are approaching the end of Revelation, and so we'll sit down and break down uh, Nick's sermon next week. But until then, we'll see you guys. Have a great week, everybody.